Let us pray. Lord Jesus, it is you who wakes me up every day. And I am forever grateful for your love. This is why I pray. You let me touch so many people. And it's all for the good. I influenced so many children. I never thought that I would. And I couldn't take credit for the love they get. Because it all comes from you, Lord. I'm just the one that's giving it. And when it seems like the pressure gets to be too much, I take time out and pray and ask that you be my crutch. Lord, I am not perfect by a long shot. I confess to you daily. But I work hard every day and I hope that you hear me. In my heart, I mean well. But if you'll help me to grow, then what I have in my heart will begin to show. And when I get going, I'm not looking back for nothing. Because I will know where I'm headed. And I'm so tired of the suffering. I stand before you, a weakened version of your reflection. Begging for direction. For my soul needs resurrection. I don't deserve what you've given me, but you never took it from me. Because I am grateful and I use it and I do not worship money. If what you want from me is to bring your children to you, my regret is only having one life to do it instead of two. Amen. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. I knew it. I love when he does that. Well, once you hit rock bottom, the only way to go is up. So, so good luck. Okay? Good luck. You say rock bottom, but like, it just seems like things keep getting worse. What, what is rock bottom? Who decides what's the bottom of all this? I mean, seriously, you go, okay, today is Friday, and I woke up in Cleveland, and I'm going, how much worse can it get? Money. Those the ones I like, cause they don't get nothing but penetration. Unless it smells like sanitation, garbage, I turn like doorknobs. Heart throb never, black and ugly as ever. However, I say Gucci down to the socks. 
rings and watch filled with rocks. And my jam not in your Mitsubishi. Girl, pee-pee when they see me. Navajos creep me in they teepee. As I lay down laws like Island Coffin. Stop it. If you think they're gonna make a profit. Don't see my ones, don't see my guns. Get it? Now tell your friends, Papa, hit it. Then split it in two. As I flow with the junior mafia. I don't know what the hell's stopping ya. I'm clocking ya. Versace shade watching ya. Once the grin, I'm in game begin. First I talk about how I dress is this. And diamond necklaces, stretch Lexus is the sex. Just immaculate from the back I get deeper and deeper Help you reach the climax That your man can't make Call him, tell him you'll be home real late And sing the break, uh. I got that good love, girl, you didn't know uh. I got that good love, girl, you didn't know That song on how it's so long Thought he worked his until I handled my biz There I is, major pain like Damon Wayne Slow down dirty even like his brother Keenan Steeman Don't leave your girl around me, true player for real Ask Puff Dad D Ringing bells with bags from Chanel Baby Benz traded in your Hyundai XL Fully equipped CD changer with the cell She beat me, beat me at 12 Where you at? Flipping job, playing car notes while I'm swimming in your women like the breaststroke Right stroke, left stroke, what's the best stroke? Death stroke, tongue all down the throat Nothing left to do but send her home to you I'm through, can you sing the song for me, boo? I got that good love, girl, you didn't know I got that good love, girl, you didn't know We can cruise the world with pearls, gator boots for girls. The envy of all women, crushed linen, Cartier wristwear with diamonds in it. The finest women I love with the passion. Your man's a wimp, I get that ass a good thrashing. High fashion, flying in the all states, sexing me while your man masturbates. Isn't this great? Your flight leaves at eight, a flight lands at nine. My game just rewinds. Lyrically, I'm supposed to represent. I'm not only a client, I'm the player president. I got that good love, girl, you didn't know I got that good love, girl, you didn't know Jerns, welcome to the Pen Ultimate episode of the Hoops Podcast, number 299 and number one in your heart. 
Uh, we are one episode away from reaching episode 300. It's just truly Josh Lopez. You can follow me at Twitter at uh, Josh Lopez Media. Make sure to hit me up on Instagram if you like at Josh Lopez94. That's J O S J O S H I E Lopez94 on Instagram. Also, if you want to see me do some guitar cards, make sure to check out at Josh Lopez Music as well on Instagram. Uh, please do me a favor. Please, uh, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, uh, thank you. I will say a big thank you for myself and Brother Carter. We appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to hang out with us. Uh, and this is a podcast of life, relationships, real life advice, uh, professional wrestling, sports, and just having a good time. And I want this show to be a mental escape for you. And we, that's been one of our main goals since we've been doing this podcast for six years now. And um I know everybody's been waiting uh, to get more information on episode 300, so I'm going to share it with you all right here. So, put it on your calendars. Next week, March 10th on Thursday at 7 p.m., live on our YouTube channel, you'll be getting a live recording of episode 300 with myself, Brother Carter, Derek Stalin, and referee Tony S., so I'm not going to be by myself. Uh, this is going to be a big time celebration episode with the Good Brothers. And uh, it's just going to be a celebration show for everybody that's made this podcast what it is. I, we don't really have any big time guests planned for the show. Um, I am even opening the idea of, you know, having some of you guys who listen to the show and we just pop up on the show while we record it. So I'm opening... I'm, I'm considering giving you guys a StreamYard link for that when we record. So, um, yeah, it's here. I'm really excited, and I'm excited for this episode, too. Uh, we got a W preview that we got to predict, unfortunately, uh, and preview uh, later on and what the hell is wrong with AW. so we'll get to that. Uh, we got uh, Russell Maine's stuff to talk about. Of course, we got the Good Birds Q&A, and then we wrap it up, as we usually do with the thoughts of Derrico. Uh, like I said, this is your first time listening to the show. I want you guys to understand that uh, this is not a dirt sheet wrestling style podcast. Uh, just a little forewarning. Uh, the show uh, is, you know, authentic as it gets because nobody speaks for us. I speak for myself. Burkhardt speaks for himself. You know, we have our own opinions based on what we feel, not on what would fit with certain clicks of the wrestling Twitter bubble, you know, we're not in that bubble, and uh, I'm very proud to say that we're not in that bubble because this doesn't do anything for the industry. We're not learning anything, and I mean, there's <laughs> let's be honest, there's at least I have to think maybe 400 wrestling pockets out there, and if I'm going to be the one that stands out where it's like not 100 bashing certain companies the entire time, then I'll take that badge of honor. But um, the biggest thing I'm proud of when it comes to this podcast is the authenticity and the fact that we've been ourselves this last six years, regardless of the changes of who's the co-host or blah, 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 blah. Um, I think we've uh, remained true to the core goal of this podcast in that, um, you know, we can make you laugh. Uh, we can give you some life advice. Um, I can share my thoughts from my coverage of the industry, which you check out at ProWrestlingTranscriptions.com. And um, the fact that uh, this podcast is different from everything else. Um, and 
it's it's something that I'm very proud of and something I wanted to make you guys feel like I'm sitting next to you and we're talking about wrestling and we're just shooting this shit. And hopefully that's the vibe we've been getting as you've been listening to the show. Um, if you want to give us an audio shout out, like if you want to participate in episode 300 but can't come out on camera or watch this, that episode live, you can. You can send us an audio clip to the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. It, the audio shout out or congratulations could be as long as you want. Um, I'm open to anybody. If you want to send an audio shout out, just send it in an MP3 file. It's the easiest way so we can get that. And we'll play those um, submissions on episode 300 in the audio version. So, um, man, it's just a lot to, to get to. So, um, let's start off with the Good Birds Q&A session, one of our prominent segments here in the Hoots podcast. And the charm of this segment is the fact that we get sports questions, uh, questions that I maybe I would forget and topics that I would forget in between because there's so much that we got to talk, you know, and um, it's a good time. So uh, let's see what we got for this week. We got the usual suspects, uh, Chris Zaletta at XTZaletta24X and Psycho Nagiri Nate sending some questions. Also, we got some questions from uh, my guy Patrick Fritz and uh, main event Swerve Mike uh, down in Houston. Down in Houston. Let's take a quick swig of water really quick. Okay, here we go. What up, Boos? Here's some questions for the Q&A this week. Is the women's TBS title bigger than the AEW women's title currently? Um, It's hard to say because uh, when I try to gauge the like the reactions between Jay Cargill and Britt Baker. They're good talents. Um, I have some stuff I have to say about Britt Baker later on and what the hell's Ron's AW, but I'll leave that there. But I can't deny the fact that they get reactions. So it's kind of hard because you have two performers who are heels. So it's, uh, and then the presentation of it, it's, um, it can be hit and miss sometimes. Uh, I, I get it. They had the infamous match that everybody talked about last year, the Lights Out Outlaw Much Show shit with her and Thunder Rose last year. I thought it was a fine match, but people were like, oh, this is the greatest hardcore match in history. I'm like, well, let's pipe it down a little bit. But, you know, I, I can say right now that both of them are, it's like this. It's, it's clashing. It's 50-50. I, I feel like Sometimes the AEW Women's World Title is cold. The the, the division is cold. Uh, it, it's it's <laughs> I don't know what they can do because they don't even have like uh, established performers of who are going for strictly the AEW's Women's Title as opposed to who's going after the TBS title. Um, that's stuff, stuff they have to figure out because it, it gets. Um, it gets convoluted sometimes. So uh, right now, I'll just probably say just for history purposes, I'll just go with the AEW Women's Title. I know I said a lot there, but it's a hard uh, question to answer because um, I I like Britt Baker in certain aspects. I like Jay Cargill, even though there's still stuff for her to work on. Um, it's just hard to say, you know. Next question. What are your plans and doubts before the shows? That's a great question. Well, I've never been to Texas before, so I'm just very excited to check out uh, being in downtown Dallas. That's where I'm going to be staying hotel-wise. So 
I've never been in Texas before, so I'm just really excited to, um, you know, check out the Air, uh, American Airlines um, arena where the uh, Dallas Mavericks play. I've never been to that venue before, so I'm excited to, you know, do tours, stuff like that. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do, like, majorly tour stuff until maybe, like, Monday morning because I will be there for that Raw as well. So I um, – it's up in the air as far as, like, what I want to do, like, sightseeing-wise. Obviously, we'll get to see the the planet ship in Arlington, Texas. But um, I am, I'm excited uh, to check out the food down there. Uh excited to check out, um, you know, what clothes they got down there and stuff like that. Um Maybe try to check out a museum here and there. I heard I heard there was like a aquarium that's like a couple blocks away from the hotel. Saying that, I'm curious to make, maybe check that out. Uh, I'm also planning uh, to um, run into some of my media colleagues down there, uh, like my guys Andrew Bedala, um, the, the Long Island Stooge, and then you got <laughs> Blake Mitchell more. Uh, Texas' own Blake Mitchell. I'm excited to see him again. Uh, we got to hang out and meet last year at WrestleMania, which was really cool. And now that, that's the thing, you know, uh, through my time of doing this wrestling media stuff for the last nine years, I've been able to uh, meet a lot of cool people. And, um, you know, sometimes you meet somebody on social media, you never know how that interaction is going to be. You know someone's work. You know somebody from another friend. You don't know how that that's going to be like, I, I don't know. I don't really think about it in some ways too. Maybe that's a fall of mine. I don't really think about what, what other people are thinking of me without having a conversation with me. Like, you know, I, I just went about it normally. And uh, I consider Blake a good friend of mine. And Blake was, Blake has been on this podcast. We've done a bunch of shows with Drew on the SND network. And I, I, I really enjoy my friendship with uh, Drew and Blake. Um, we don't get to talk all the time, but we're all busy. We're doing, we're <laughs> focusing on what we need to focus on. Um, I'm excited to uh, meet and finally have some good time to hang out in person with uh, my guy, Rob Aurelius from ARCG Media. Um, Rob was on the podcast a couple weeks ago on the Catch You Up With uh, bonus edition. And i um, excited to meet him and have a good conversation with him in Dallas. And who knows? I don't know who else is going on in Dallas, so I <laughs> it, it can be up in the air. But I, I'm going to have a good time, Chris, and I just want to uh, enjoy this trip. You know, uh, this is going to be a fun trip. Uh, obviously, you know, probably spending my mornings and stuff doing the transcripts, catch up with the previous night shows. But, hey, you know, I, I, I will never scoff at the idea that my business trip includes WrestleMania. You know, WrestleMania, I'm going to talk about this in the WWE segment today. Uh, I'm going to talk about my experience of traveling and, you know, just that experience of attending WrestleMania and why it's special, you know, and I'm going to talk about that in the segment in a little bit. But that's a great question. I'm, I'm really I'm really excited for Dallas and uh, it should be a good time. Um, will you be watching any of March Madness? Um, unfortunately, no, Chris, I'm not really a big fan of, uh, NCAA men's basketball. Um, I am a Northwestern Wildcats fan. I usually support their teams, uh, football wise and basketball wise only for the colors. Uh, and also my mom, uh, used to work out in that area, uh, as a pulse mail delivery, uh, lady. And, uh, she was a mail carrier. Uh, so, 
That's why I'm a big fan of Northwestern. No, maybe I'll like check out some videos if Charles Barkley says something funny and then they put they put it on Twitter, you know. Uh, I keep it that's another thing that I remind myself about uh WrestleMania season that March Madness is always going on at the same time. I remember it vividly uh when I was down in um Orlando uh for WrestleMania thirty three. Uh that was big time. It was like I think Final Four <laughs> was going on during that weekend too. So uh I know be around maybe I'll check out game two, but I'm not like really a big fan of March Madness uh until maybe like the final couple games here and there, but shout out to those who are doing the brackets and hopefully uh, you guys get your money's worth. Uh, Lord knows how much money FanDuel is going to make off this uh, uh, March Madness this year. And hopefully this year's March Madness uh, brings back a sense of normalcy that has been lacking over the last couple years. Obviously we're still in the pandemic. Uh, People still act like this thing is over and it's not, Uh, but We'll we'll see we'll see what happens. Uh, let's see uh, what else uh, Chris has here for me. He says, um, outside of Pocket HF, what other match are you interested in for Revolution? None. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, I think for match purposes, I'm I'm excited for John Moxley and Brian Danielson. I think it'd be a good match. A good like. New Japan style G1 type match or the New Japan Cup that's going on right now. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited for that. Um, but I'd like to see the bells and whistles with the Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker match, but I think the decision from last night's kind of kind of giving me the idea that Britt Baker's going to retain at Revolution, so we'll have to see how that goes. But um, um, I, I'd probably say Brian Danielson and John Moxley is the match that has my attention the most. Uh, don't get me wrong, Adam Page and Adam Cole will have a fantastic match with each other, but their story and them rushing them into a title feud, this one Cole just lost to pockets on television. I don't care if that match counted or not. Uh, it's still stupid. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I haven't been crazy about Adam Cole and everything with the Red Dragon since they joined AEW. It's been major hit in Mississippi so far. So I'd probably say John Moxley and Brian Danson gets my pick. I'll see a puck at Edge F uh, for the matches that I'm looking forward to on Sunday. Um, next question here. He says, uh, with both women's matches being on night one, do you think there's any chance we see the winners of both matches face off in night two? No, uh, I don't think so. Uh, Unless Becky Lynch randomly pops up on SmackDown tomorrow and talks to her about Charlotte Flair, I don't see the point. Um, no, I don't. I don't believe that. Uh, I, I do think it's an interesting choice that they're having uh, both the main women's title matches uh, for uh, the Saturday day of WrestleMania. Um, if anything, that kind of gives you a hint that uh, maybe one of those women's matches will be the final match of that show. So, um, just very curious to see how it goes. You know, uh, I've, I've been liking the stuff with the build with Becky and Bianca. The uh, I think people are kind of like hate watching Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey, and I think that's a I think that's unfortunate because I think they're going to have an awesome match. At WrestleMania, and I think they're going to prove a lot of people wrong 
Uh, so I don't really care who goes last at WrestleMania. I really don't. I'm not like one of those fans. Oh, this person needs to main event last or this WrestleMania sucks. I'm not I'm not that type of person. I don't, I don't think about wrestling in that light. So um, for me, I really can give a shit who goes last uh, for the main events. So if it happens with Becky and Bianca going last, cool. Maybe they deserve it. If it's Ron and Charlotte, cool. But I do think it's a good thing for the second year in a row. You'll at least have one of the nights WrestleMania being close about close up by the way. That's my thoughts on that. No, I don't it's not a scenario where you have uh Jay White being in his feelings and because he didn't win the G one, so he fights um Naito on night one and if the fights Ibushi the next night uh for the IWGP title of WrestleMania. It's, it's, it's a two totally different scenarios and unless Becky Lynch or somebody randomly pops up on the shows, I just I just don't see a point of them pushing it to the next night. Um next question. Um does AJ Styles need this win at Mania against Edge? Who's this more important for? Um no, not no. <laughs> yeah, is it a nice notch for AJ Styles WrestleMania that he beats Edge at WrestleMania? Sure. Does he need it? Does anybody need anything in wrestling? I I, I don't get that. Um I think the, the real winner here. It's us. It's not really important as to who goes over or not. I mean, you have, you know, AJ Styles' first WrestleMania match was against Chris Jericho, and he lost. Multiple time world champion. I think he's a Grand Slam champion, if I'm not mistaken, right? IC champion, United States champion, uh, tag champion. You know, outside of the gimmicky matches like the Royal Rumble and Money Bank, what has what AJ Styles hasn't done in WWE? Uh, I don't to say that he needs this victory over Edge. I I, I don't agree with that sentiment. Uh, I will say that he probably will win with the story they're going with right now, but I don't think the win or loss of this match will have any bearing of what AJ Styles has done in WWE. And um, I'm just curious to see how they tell the story. I, I really love the segment that they did on Monday. I'll talk about that in the WWE segment as well. And then, um, no, I don't think uh, AJ needs to win this match to further his legacy. I, I, it, it helps for sure, but I already thought in my head that AJ Styles is going to be a first time, no, not first time, a first ballot WWE Hall of Famer for sure. Um, next question. With Tony, uh, Tony Chess Tony, this is the last question for Chris. Um, with Tony Cott having a hand in Ring of Honor, do you think it'll trend towards more of ECW 2.0 when WWE rebranded it in that sense of presentation? Well, it just depends on what he wants to do with it. Uh, if it's something where Ring of Honor is exclusive to YouTube, I guess you can have a decent one-hour show. Um, but again, you have a lot of towns that are out of contract. It's not just like everybody that got released from Ring of Honor just suddenly back in Ring of Honor with AEW attached to it. I think, you know, you'll have Ring of Honor, um, like, representation. Like, you'll have the shows or whatever. But um, 
it'll be a different roster. You'll probably have a lot more people they see on Dark and Elevation on those shows than whoever was on the Ring of Honor roster before they got released. Um, I'm sure you had some throwback guys come back. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm curious just as everybody is what, what he's going to do with it. As far as it being a, a spinoff of like ACW 2.0, I don't, I don't know. It's too early to say that. Um, I, I have my doubts, um, and I'll say why and what the hell is wrong with AEW. Um, and, you know, good 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 for him that he bought Ring of Honor. Uh, and it does play K to their core audience of hardcore marks, and that's good for them. Uh, do I think this is some game-changing thing? Uh, no, I, I don't think it's game changing because uh, until I see something where there's the actual operations for Ring of Honor, where people are getting hired to do their websites to, um, you know, be new commentators to do new things digitally, content wise. Like, are you going to get Ring of Honor events now? Now that Tony Khan bought it, is is Ring of Honor, the developmental show to go up to Rampage and then to, you know, like, what's it going to be? I don't need all those answers right now, but I have my questions. And I have my concerns with it, too, because it's like, okay, you bought Ring of Honor, but what's different from Ring of Honor from the wrestling that you're presenting? You know, what's it going to make it, what's what's the difference going to make? Oh, we're going to have CM Punk against Lee Moriarty again. But, oh, it's in the Ring of Honor ring. Or we're going to have uh, Brian Danielson against, um, I don't know, Josh Woods or whoever. They find a way to resize the Ring of Honor. I, I I, don't know. I have my reservations. I, I, I really do. I mean, it's cool in a sense that Tony Khan, from a business point of view, bought the tape library of Ring of Honor. And I think that's great and all. But uh, I got a question, and I'll add this to this too. Uh, I got a question about it, like, oh, is um, <laughs> uh, is Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor bigger than Vince buying uh, WCW? I'm like, <laughs> I I can't help but laugh. Like, <laughs> it's it's not even close. I mean. We'll talk about it here, and I'll, I'll expand on it in, uh, in what the hell's wrong with AW. But do casual fans give a shit about Ring of Honor? Do casual fans actually know for a fact that Ring of Honor was put on hiatus and that they need to release their talent because their offices and so clear don't know what the hell they're doing, and they've done next to nothing to help Ring of Honor expand? Like, honestly, AW bought AEW. That's what they bought last night. They bought their company because that's basically what it was. Ring of Honor is what AEW is with a little sprinkle of TNA splattered all over it. That's what that's what AEW is in a nutshell. From my objective point of view, as somebody who covers all their shows, AEW is Ring of Honor essentially with TNA splattered all over it. Um, so, like, I'm happy for my guy, like, uh, Ian Rick and Bonnie and Caprice Coleman 
to have jobs like that still. I think that's cool. Uh, I, I'm glad that you have a promotion that's out there uh, where the boys and girls could work. But what's it going to be? What's it going to make you stand out this time? Are you going to – is Ring of Honor going to get an hour of television on TBS or TNT? I mean, yeah, it's, it's a big deal for wrestling, Marks. But is it a big deal for casual wrestling fans, for people who don't read dirt sheets, who are not really into wrestling? Oh, it's like, yeah, you could tout your potential streaming deal with HBO Max, but is it really game-changing that I need to buy HBO Max to watch reruns of ROH when I can find it online on Daily Motion and God knows what? <laughs> like, I mean, more person, like, it, you know, I don't think it's a bad thing in some ways, but, you know, they placate to their core audience and good for them. I, I, I'm not going to take that away from them. I mean, if there's one thing you could pinpoint is what, whatever identity they have in AEW is the fact that they do um, have, um, they, like, they placate to that IWC audience. That's what they have. And that's why they average 900,000 viewers every week. And you wonder why the show never expands to. Well, we have wrestling that you, you saw from Ring of Honor a couple years ago. <laughs> it's nothing unique to it. So AEW buying Ring of Honor is nothing new. You're going to get the same style of wrestling. You're still catering to the same type of audience. What's it going to make it? What's going to make it different this time? as compared to last time. That's my deal. Yeah, I'm glad that Ring of Honor is off the hands of Joe Coff and Sinclair Broadcasting because they did nothing for Ring of Honor. I'm happy that the promotion will be out there for the boys and girls for there to work. But again, if you're just making decisions that's going to placate to one small spectrum of the entire wrestling audience, I don't know how that's good business. And I don't know how that makes it a bigger deal than WWF purchasing WCW and decide where they're going neck and neck trying to run each other out of their own companies. Like, try to literally destroy a company for dumb ratings war during the 90s. So, I say it's cool, but is it really groundbreaking? I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to see. I, I, lo- I love to be proven wrong, but uh, I, it is what it is. Uh, what's up, Brownie? Thanks for checking out the video, my man. I appreciate it. Uh, let's see here. What do we got? Let's go to our next set of questions from the good brother, uh, Nate the Great at Psycho Nagiri, my main man. What's going on? Uh, he said, do you think they'll make Finn and Damien that gimmick match for Mania or keep it one-on-one? Uh, I could probably see a Street Fighter or something like that. Probably a street fight or maybe a ladder match, possibly. Uh, it just depends on what they want to do. Uh, I do think it probably will be like like the Damien uh, version of Damien Priest against the Demon Finn Balor, which would be cool to see. You know, to have the actual Demon Sides entrance with a longer match than whatever he did with Bobby Lashley <laughs> that one WrestleMania uh, in New York. Uh, but I, I do think it'll be a gimmick type of match 
And then it'll go from there. Mm. Let's see what we got Scott here. Who do you think Seth Rollins will face at WrestleMania? Um, I I put it out there in my little preview like match card last week that I said that Seth Rollins will fight Cody Rhodes at the pay-per-view. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. Just have to wait to see on that end. Um, so my guess would be Seth Rollins uh, against Cody Rhodes, but who knows? Uh, it could possibly be, um, you know, Seth and KO against RK Bro. I, next week's um, triple threat match for the Raw Tag Team Titles will be very telling as far as what certain guys are going to be doing at WrestleMania. I will say that I'm, I'm very intrigued by it. It should be a big time match. It should be a barn burner. I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't know. Seth Rollins, uh, as far as anybody's I'm concerned, is really the wild card of this. WrestleMania, you really don't know what he's going to do or who he's going to fight. So <laughs> I think it's interesting. Uh, I, I am curious to see what he's going to do. That's a great question, Nate. Um, what are the odds of Braun Breaker getting called up before SummerSlam? Oh, man, I'd probably say 20%. You know, can I see a scenario where Braun Breaker shows up to Raw SmackDown? Uh Towards the build, towards the next year's WrestleMania, or after that, uh, I could possibly see that in 2023. I I don't think it's anytime soon, though. I don't think there's a rush to have Broad Breaker out there either, too. So that's just my opinion. Um, what well, what do you guys to say? What percentage would you give for Broad Breaker to show show up uh, before SummerSlam? Uh, let's get to see your responses for that. All right, last question for the week here. What is your favorite? Company to transcribe. Very easy question. The t-shirt that I'm wearing right here. <laughs> uh, Facebook is not good for audio version, but you guys see it here on the video. Um, it's the king of sports. It's New Japan Pro Res. New Japan Shinion Pro Res. That's right, folks. <laughs> New Japan Pro Wrestling is my favorite uh, promotion to transcribe. And cover events. Uh, it's my favorite wrestling to transcribe and um, it offers the best matches. I will say a close second to that will be MLW uh, as far as co- companies outside WWE and AW that I enjoy covering the most. So, um, uh, Nate, my answer to that question is New Japan is my favorite wrestling promotion to cover. With that being said, guys, thank you guys so much for. Uh, saying some awesome questions this week. I want to throw out the gauntlet to you guys next week. Q send me 50 questions next week. I want to challenge you guys that. I played the biggest Q&A session that we ever done, and we're going to have Tony and Bernard Carter here to answer it for you guys as well. So it's the gauntlet. First little scoop for episode 300. I want this to be the biggest Q&A session that we ever did. As a celebration for you guys. So ask us whatever you want. And it may be a possibility that you may participate in the Q&A while we do the Q&A. So <laughs> um, 
man, SL 300 is going to be awesome. It's going to be a damn good time. But I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with me for this uh, edition of the Good Brothers Q&A session. Want to come back, talk about what happened on Raw and SmackDown, go over really quick the WrestleMania card that's announced as it is, and um, get you all ready for our main event segment. What the hell is wrong with AEW? Right here on the Hoots Podcast. So, yes, sir. All right, guys, welcome back to the Hoots Podcast. So I talk about what happened this week in WWE. Gonna start off like we usually do, going to take a trip back to SmackDown. And um, I guess we should uh, sit back and relax and enjoy what went down in this awesome contract signing with Brock Lesnar and your tribal chief, the one and only head of the table, Roman Reigns. So now we get down to the business at hand ladies and gentlemen the contract signing for the biggest wrestlemania match of all time these security guards are here tonight to protect brock lesnar from his own impulsiveness and to protect brock lesnar from his tribal chief roman Reigns. I have to contain myself a little bit here. Impulsiveness, yes I am. Very impulsive. If you think for one second that these skid mark security guards are gonna stop me (laughs) from jumping across this table and kicking your ass, and your ass you got another thing coming you see the only thing that's stopping Brock Lesnar from coming across this table and kicking your ass and your ass is Brock Lesnar and this contract you see I'm going to sign this contract because at Wrestlemania I'm going to kick your ass and I'm gonna kick your ass, and you can bet your ass, I'm gonna get paid for it. (laughs) These two right here, they work for me. This commentary team is mine because they brag and talk about me the whole time. That sign right there is mine because I am WrestleMania. I am this show, I love this show, and everybody works for me including the security in the ring with you. By the way, let's um, let's give our proper uh, round of applause for our tribal chief right there. I would play the whole thing, but um, I don't have that clip for you guys, unfortunately. Uh, let me just say this. Um, <laughs> seen a lot of contract signings, and I know there's a lot of people like, Oh, I can't believe they're doing Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar again. I'll tell you what, man. I'm really excited for this. And, you know, it's kind of crazy. This is the third time for WrestleMania that I've I've attended that Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns has uh, made invented. I've been to everyone. I was there for the first one in Santa Clara. I was there in the for New Orleans. And I'll be here for Dallas. So it's kind of crazy to think about that. I, is there anyone out there that got to see every single Rock in Austin WrestleMania match? I'm curious. Or was there anybody that got to see all the Undertaker 
uh, matches with Shawn Michaels and Triple H. Did you get to see those in person? I would love to know. Uh, but yeah, guys, like <laughs> I, I'm glad to say that I I got to see this rivalry through every single WrestleMania they made invented with each other in person. So that's pretty cool. I'm I'm, I'm really excited. It's gonna be a lot of fun. And you heard the Tribal Chief in the segment on SmackDown talking his talk, and he's not lying. It is his universe. It is his ring. It is his show. He's the goddamn tribal chief. Acknowledge him. Hershey, Pennsylvania. Miami tomorrow. Dallas. <laughs> Make sure you acknowledge your tribal chiefs like you should have done six years ago. You know, Roman Reigns was in the main event of the last time at AT&T Stadium. He will be this time. And guess what? Trout Chief's going to lay down. He's going to whoop Brock Lesnar's ass. That's what's going to go down, pal. I'll tell you right now. Brock's doing some awesome stuff, man. <laughs> I keep saying it each week, man. This is the best work of his career so far. Character-wise, um, honestly, they got this big... They're dangling this carrot over us about Brock Lesnar defending the title at Master Square Garden for this uh, house show. By the way, shout out to my guy Robert Rulius from ARCG Media. The ARCG WWE Tour continues uh, on, Saturday, on Saturday. He'll be there for that big show. So, shout out to Rob. Um, let me just say this. Um, I'm really excited for it. They, they signed a contract. Now, you, now we have these final couple weeks going into the pay-per-view it's time where we get the real sit-down interviews with Michael Cole what is there left to do for a brawl what's there left to say do you have Roman Reigns on Smackdown tomorrow does Paul Emmett continue to play mind games with Brock Lesnar where does this go now that's the question very curious to see how they're going to match this out because I've been sold. And this is a story that started back in August when Brock Lesnar made his return to WWE at SummerSlam. And I'm very curious to see how this plays out. I, I really am. Uh, title unification. It's going to be awesome. Uh, I, I'll say that. Uh, the Brock Lesnar... Um, Roman Reigns' uh, contract signing was probably my second favorite thing I saw in wrestling last week outside of the NGF promo. And, um, by the way, you guys should go check out New Japan Strong. Uh, shout, shout out to uh, Filthy Tom Lawler and Taylor Russ. That was an awesome match uh, for New Japan Strong. Just want to throw that out there really quick. Um, let's see what else happened on SmackDown. We had a, a match that was announced for tomorrow night for the Intercontinental Championship. And this is how it went down here, courtesy of your official, Adam Pierce. Well, that's great. I'll tell you what. Uh, take a number and go to the back of the line, okay? Actually, he, he might be onto something. As a matter of fact, I don't know if you guys like this or not, but I do. So why don't we go ahead and make it official for next week? Ricochet, Sami Zayn for the Inter-10L Championship. That's a deal, huh? Ricochet versus Sami Zayn for the Intercontinental Championship next week. Uh, well, tomorrow uh, on SmackDown. <laughs> um, honestly, there's a build-up. I, 
you know, conjecture going on with Sami Zayn and Johnny Knoxville. I'll say this, man. Johnny Knoxville gets a reception for the audience. It's not like people don't care. Um, you know, you can have your opinion. Um, we'll, we'll have to see how this goes. I, <laughs> I, I'm excited for that match. There should be a barn burner tomorrow. Um, other stuff on SmackDown, you know, um, Drew McIntyre, they announced today he'll be fighting Baron Corbin on uh, night one of WrestleMania. So you figured that was going to be the case. Another solid match with the New Day and Los Lotharios. Um, I thought last week SmackDown was really good from um, a storytelling point of view of what they wanted to pump up for their feuds. I'll say that. Uh, I think Raw again beat SmackDown in the match quality. Um, but. Uh, Going back to how the show started with Ronda Rousey and Charlotte Flair, uh, the interview with Michael Cole, I thought that was good. Uh, nice to hear uh, Ronda's story and her background and her saying that she wants to, um, uh, you know, set the example of bad assery for her daughter, just like her mother did for her uh, back in the day. And I thought that was a good story. And, you know, like I mentioned in the Q&A session, I feel like a lot of people or hate watching Ronda Rousey and Sean Flair, and I, I don't think that's cool. I, I I don't think that's right. These ladies are going to kill it at WrestleMania, and it should be a barn burner. I'm really, really excited for it. It should be a lot of fun. All right, let's talk about Monday Night Raw really quick because uh, we got to get to this WrestleMania card and stuff, and we got to get to what the hell's wrong AEW and all the fun stuff in between. So we had Raw this past Monday from Columbus, Ohio, and the show started off with another edition of the Kevin Owens show with special guests Seth freaking Rollins and the Alpha Academy. Let me just start this off and just say a thank you. Why is he saying like that? Yeah, you know, before we go forth, Gable, you know, you know, you say that weird, right? You know that? What? What do you mean? When you say thank you, that it's weird. You say it weird. You say it weird. Try it. Try it. Weird. A uh, thank you. Yeah, that's. It's not how you say it. It's not weird. That's I don't just, like that. It's just different. I'll take that as a compliment. A uh, thank you. you. Talk all you want, but the current defending Raw Tag Team Champions are Alpha Academy. A uh, thank you. You know, um, we're aware you're the tag team champions until next week. Because next Monday night, those tag titles are coming home with us. <laughs> no hard feelings. We like you guys, truly. We really do. But uh, yeah, WrestleMania is, uh, we need it and it needs us. That's just how it is. Well, the problem is you weaseled your way into our match. And into our match. And the problem with that, let me explain it to you. As someone with a master's degree, I'll explain to you and all the morons that probably went to that sorry excuse of a community college, Ohio State University. Okay? 
that because of that, our odds of winning automatically went down from 50% to 33.33. And that, my friends, is ridiculous. Hey, wait, light bulb, light bulb. I got it, I got, got it. it. He's got it. <laughs> I got it. After we beat you and take your Raw Tag Team Championships next week, you can face us at WrestleMania. <laughs> it's a win-win, baby. It's a win-win. <laughs> Sheesh! Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Sheesh! Hey, did you just shush him? Sheesh! You don't shush Sheesh! Him. You don't shush me! You Sheesh! don't shush us! Shush! Stop shushing! I shush you Stop sh You're not going to shush us! Why don't you shush? Shush! You shush! Shush! You shush! Don't shush! 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 record but again what what is the name of the game in wrestling you have to maximize your tv time and boy did alpha academy did that again this week so awesome start off the raw with seth Rollins and kevin Owens in the alpha academy I enjoyed the tag match that was dope uh we had a six woman tag match with becky lynch uh do drop and Nikki A.S.H. against Becky, uh, my bad, Bianca Belair, Rhea Ripley, and the lovely Waterfall herself, Liv Morgan. Uh, solid match there. You know, the you know Bianca says all the time, do not touch her hair. And I'll tell you what, man. <laughs> Bianca and uh, Becky, that, that's going to be a very physical match. That's going to be... A barn burner at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's title. I thought the match was solid. Kind of, uh, kind of expected who was going to win that match, but you know, her doing the hair whips with the braid and stuff to her uh, Becky ribs. Boy, boy, that was nasty. Let me just say, I thought Raw was a good week for the commentary team. I know I can be hard at times on the commentary teams and wrestling and stuff like that, but um, I do give credit where Chris do. I thought it was a good night. For Corey, Byron, and especially Jimmy Smith, I thought they did a very good job. Uh, congrats to Finn Balor, who's the new WWE United States Champion. Uh, a good match. Damian Priest was not expecting to win, but uh, not complaining here. I thought it was a good match and a nice little uh, twist and turn on your road to WrestleMania. So, And then that prompted uh, Damian Priest to turn heel. Uh Launched Balor over the announcer that raises edge. I thought that was pretty good. So, all in all, some good stuff there with uh, Finn Balor and Damian Priest. I got a question about that earlier. If we're going to see the Demon versus the, the Damian, uh, that I can definitely see that. And um, who knows? Uh, I, I that may be a match on WrestleMania Saturday. That may be a match on WrestleMania Sunday. We'll have to see how that plays out. Uh, but some good stuff there. Uh, I'll tell you what. You know, um, although I thought Raw was really solid. A really solid show this week. I wouldn't say it was great or horrible, but I thought the wrestling again was just really, really top notch this week on Raw. And you know, there's stuff I could have done without. Obviously, the almost uh, uh, T-bar match was what it was. The 24/7 mix tag match was what it was. Um, 
I, I enjoyed the match for what it was, even though it was short. It was uh, Tommaso Ciampa and Robert Roode. I thought it was pretty solid. Um, last thing of audio I'll play here for the podcast this week, uh, for at least for Raw, is um, this promo from The Miz. Listen to it for yourself. You all want to talk about the Mysterious. Of course you do. Do you want to watch the Mysterious in the ring? Of course you do. Do you want the Mysterious to be tag team champions? Of course you don't. Because you are sick of watching the same old standard crap. Father, son, first time ever tag team champions. The Mysterios equal same old standard crap. Logan and I, bigger, better, newer, and far beyond the fans of the WWE Universe. We are global, and we are I'm glad that Miz decided to bring Awesome back. I, I know that's his main stick, that's his main promo, you know, but um, glad to hear him do that. Um, by the way, uh, our, our thoughts go out to Randy Orton. Hopefully he's feeling good. Hopefully it wasn't too bad of a situation there. Um, that that Frostbite did not look good, at least how that whole sequence went, so hopefully it wasn't too bad of a situation. Uh, for Randy, and hopefully it'll be okay for that triple threat match. I, I'm really excited for that. It's a triple threat tag match. So, um, triple threat match for the Raw Tag Team House next week. That should be very interesting. You get a lot of details as far as who's going to go where for WrestleMania. Honestly, I would not be surprised if that's a rematch that you see at WrestleMania. I would, I would not be surprised. Um, the show wrapped up this uh, past Monday with... Um, the Edge and AJ Styles segment. So, yes, it'll be Edge and AJ Styles at WrestleMania. Match announced on Monday. Edge promptly turned heel. Uh, by the way, the feud did not start with a low blow. I've been seeing a lot of those tweets on Twitter uh, the last couple of days. Oh, why does every AJ Styles feud start with a low blow? I actually watched the show and actually realized Edge did a forearm first before the low blow happened. Oh, man, people cling on to narratives like they're fucking candy these days. It's ridiculous. Um, but this segment was really cool. I thought it was a nice way to wrap up the show. Honestly, I thought the third hour of Raw was uh, really, really good uh, to wrap up the show. And Raw's been putting out some really solid episodes over the last couple weeks. And um, I hope that trend continues. There's a Raw coming to Chicago on March uh, 21st and uh, at the Rosemont Horizon. That should be really dope. Uh, so, although I thought Raw was really good this week, so again, nice. You know, I always say with every WrestleMania season, yeah, there's stuff you can do without, but all in all, what you see on Raw and SmackDown going forward, heading towards WrestleMania, is plot points. That's all it is in in, in its uh, essence. It's plot points. So, if something goes in a different direction, let's say like Becky Lynch beats up Bianca Belair um, on the next episode of Raw. It's not making Bianca look bad. Like, there's there's, there's, there's twisted turns. I, I'll, I'll definitely say this. You should not allow one particular thing or action on a Raw or SmackDown dictate, like, what you think is going to actually happen at WrestleMania. I'll say that for sure, you know. You got to let it play out and, you know, let 
it remind yourself this is plot points it's not the end of the world if like um let's say like edge let's say the whole story with edge and aj styles is that edge is one step ahead of aj styles that's not a bad story aj styles could still win he may not but again not every episode of raw smackdown is life or death you gotta let it play out and see how it goes so um, here's the actual card for WrestleMania that's already announced so far. Uh, we have Charlotte Flair and Ronda Rousey for SmackDown's, uh, women's title. Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair. Mysterios against, um, Miz and Logan Paul. Baron Corbin against Drew McIntyre. And then we have, uh, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar for night two. Obviously, uh, the other matches that are announced with Edge and AJ Styles. And then, uh, Queen Zelina and Carmella against, uh, Sasha Banks. And Naomi for the WWE Women's Tag Team Titles. So, um, we'll get some more matches announced sooner or later. And it should be a good time. I'm, re- I'm really excited for WrestleMania. And I feel like we're barely, like, scratching the surface of the heavy set of this build for WrestleMania. So, I think we got some exciting TV coming our way. So, over- all in all, I thought it was a very good week of programming for WWE. The last thing I'll mention here in this segment is, um, NXT UK today. Uh, Big show. We got Pretty Deadly against Dave Massive and Jack Stars. We got uh, Mark Coffey of Gallus taking on Shaw Samuels. Uh, we're building up for this big Joe Coffey and Noam Dar Heritage Cup Championship match in a couple weeks. And then uh, we have the main event, Ilya Dragunov against Nathan Frazier for the NXT UK Championship. That is going to be awesome. So, I'm really excited for that. It's going to be insane. So, all in all, folks, that's what happened this week in WWE. On that note, it's time to give the people what they want, what they've been waiting for, what they need. It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. We're going to start this off with Sir Royalty himself, Brother Carter, in a three, two, one. Beat your meat. Beat, beat your meat. 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 It's time for What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. the hell is wrong with AEW? Okay, this is supposed to be the go-home show to Revolution, and I just have one question. Why the hell should I care about this show? There's only one match I want to see right now, and AEW did nothing on Dynamite to encourage me to even attempt to bootleg a stream for this pay-per-view. I don't even really care. If I maybe get lucky and find a stream, maybe I'll find it. Maybe I'll watch it, but I ain't going to try that hard because this pay-per-view is going to suck. But let's get into Dynamite. Let's talk about the things that I enjoyed, which isn't very much. And then we'll talk, then we'll get into uh, all the crap. And boy, was there a lot of crap. All right, let's go. Uh, We started the show with the big announcement about Tony Khan purchasing 
ROH. And I'm actually going to talk about that more in the thoughts of Derrico coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. So, uh, But the opening match, good match with Brian Danielson and Christopher Daniels. I never understood why Christopher Daniels was has never been a bigger star. I've always thought he's always been terrific from his time in TNA and Impact, um, what I've seen from him in AEW. I've always thought that Christopher Daniels was, I pardon the pun, but an elite talent. And, I'm, and I'm, I was always sad that he was never a bigger star because I, I think he's always been terrific. I got to tell you, folks, and I've said this for a long time, I, as much as CM Punk annoys me, I cannot deny how good he is. As always, he cuts a fantastic promo. Then MJF comes out. It looks like they have a moment. Punk or MJF turns on him, rips off the thing, has got the picture on the T-shirt, and then the absolute beat, the beat down. The blood here was actually appropriate, like like to really boost this up. And like he MJF calling himself the devil. This was unbelievably awesome. Vinny in the back, he goes and slaps Wardlow. Like, I love his confidence right now. MJF and CM Punk is one of the best stories in professional wrestling right now and is the only reason I would consider getting a bootleg stream for Revolution this weekend because that is going to be outstanding. Kick-ass promo from the House of Black. I loved it when they said the house always wins. Buddy Matthews looked great. I enjoyed that. And then we had, and actually I didn't mind the closing segment with uh, Adam Cole, Red Dragon, uh, versus Adam Page in the Dark Order. And I liked the ending. I thought that was fine. But what I did have a problem with was one of the competitors in the main event, just him in general. And we'll get to that in just a moment because now let's get into the crap. Okay. Tony Khan needs to never let himself be on television again. He looks like he's on speed or something. Like he's looking around. Like I have no idea what the hell that is. All right, we've got to never let him be on television again. It was awful. I mean, the announcement was cool, fine. And again, I'm going to talk about that in the thoughts of Derrico. But they should never let Tony Khan on television again. I have no idea why I'm supposed to care about John Moxley versus Brian Danielson. What did Moxley or Danielson do in their promos to further their feud and get me invested emotionally? I just don't care. I have no reason to care about this feud. No reason to care about this match at all. Okay, then we get into the Battle Royal. Okay, let me start by saying this, or the, the 15-team Casino Battle Royal. Let me start by saying this. It was cool to see Top Flight back. I always thought they were entertaining and a good team. And they had a great showing in this match. Um, Darius Martin looked like he hasn't missed a beat. Great to see him back. That was all terrific. God, I hate the acclaimed. And every time the acclaimed is on television, I'll always say that. God, I hate that. Why would they do a Battle Royal with a picture-in-picture? You had two cuts to picture-in-picture, and you missed an entrance of one of the biggest teams in AEW right now in Santana Ortiz, as well as the Gun Club, but they suck. They don't count. But you're you're missing entrances in a battle royal for a picture-in-picture. Why would you do that on on a television show? It makes absolutely no sense. Also, another thing that doesn't make sense, why does the Dark Order get multiple teams? How is that fair? If you get four of them in the ring at the same time, one gets eliminated, they essentially have a three-on-two advantage versus everybody else. How is that fair? That doesn't make any sense at all. What the hell has Danhausen done since being signed? I thought he was a big deal. He just appears out of nowhere and is like putting curses on people as a part of the best friends. Like I don't I don't get his allure. Like it's ridiculous. Okay. I have a feeling that many of the teams in this battle royal 
don't know the rules of a battle royal because they fight so long on the apron. Why do they fight so long on the apron? They know if they just get bumped or touched, they get eliminated. Like, how does that wrestling strategy make any sense? I'm pretty sure just these teams have no idea about the concept of a battle royal or how, what you need to do to be successful in this type of match. And, of course, the Young Bucks get the win because, again, this is all elite wrestling, which means it's all about the elite and nothing else matters. Of course, the Young Bucks were going to get the win. And then we get the Young Bucks and Red Dragon and Jungle Express. Like, you could have called this a mile away. And I just don't care. The Bucks annoy me. Red Dragon is whatever. It, it is all just whatever. But I'm not surprised at all that the EVPs put themselves over. And the friends of the EVPs put themselves over. Shocking, right? <sighs> Chris Jericho sucks. He's a random heel now for some reason. And there's another match with him and Eddie Kingston that I don't care about. They didn't even put Eddie Kingston on TV this week. Why on earth should I care about this feud if we didn't even see Eddie Kingston? Uh, Booker of the year, pal. Good Lord. Uh, uh, like, How can anybody think that Tony Khan is capable of producing a television show, a worthwhile television show? Wait, it's the stupid-ass internet wrestling marks that clearly have no idea what professional wrestling is supposed to be. Uh, I just it just annoys me. Uh, let's see. Why does AEW make their security guards always look incompetent? Also, Sean Spears looks like a dumbass in that stuff they, they had with MJF. He 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 actually ruined the segment a little bit for me. Was MJF and FTR coming out? Just let Wardlow and MJF beat down Punk. Keith Lee once again has done nothing on television since his debut because the roster is way too deep. Shocking, I know, but yet somehow Tony Khan is Booker of the Year, took one of the most overstars in the world right now, and has relegated him to nothing because they have nothing to do for him because they, they just don't know how to use their talent. All right. The worst person in the women's tag match with Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter versus Thunder Rose and Mercedes Martinez was the champion. Britt Baker DMD was the worst mat person in that match and has gotten so sloppy. Her stock has dropped so much in the last few months. Coincidentally, her stock dropped ever since Adam Cole arrived in AEW. And honestly, that's vice versa. Ever since Adam Cole arrived in AEW, his stock has gone completely down here. We're going to talk about that in a second. But it's just sad to see. Britt Baker was one of the best things in AEW, and then her boyfriend showed up, and now she's turned to shit. And is, her, is basically, I'd put her at number five or six right now in the women's division. It's, it's just so sad. Uh, I'm always going to fast forward through Sammy Guevara's picture-in-picture stuff. I don't care. I don't care about Chris, and Chris Statlander and Layla Hirsch. No reason for me to care. And I've had enough of the Wardlow squashes. We get it. Time for him to move on. All right, then we get to the main event. You look at Adam Page. You look at Adam Cole. And you wonder, at least for me, I, I am at the point where I'm wondering how the hell Adam Cole was such a big star. His stock has fallen so much since he's joined AEW. He looks bad. I'm in better shape than Adam Cole. And I look like, and that's not saying much because I'm not exactly a physical specimen. I got tired when I run 20, I get tired when I run 20 feet. So like I look in better shape than Adam Cole. Adam Cole looks scrawny. He looks like a shell of his former self. He's just kind of meh right now. I. It's just so sad to see. And you look at that, you compare it to Adam Page, who I'm still not buying as a world champion, honestly. And you just wonder how the hell Adam Cole was a big deal. I don't get it. This episode of Dynamite was not good. 
I have no reason to be interested except for one match in this pay-per-view, and I wonder how the hell this company plans to make any money going forward once the allure and the newness of this company wears off. Seriously, what the hell is wrong with AEW? This has been What the Hell is Wrong with AEW. Great job as always, Brother Carter. Thank you for your submission this week. And boy, it, what the hell is wrong AW is, is at another level when we do it live. So you guys are going to get a special edition of what the hell is wrong with AW uh, when we get to episode 300 next week. So here we go. We're wrapped up the show with a bang. Let's get into the stuff that I did like. From Dynamite last night, just like Bernard Carr said. Here's here's the thing people don't understand about what the hell is wrong with AW. We actually point out the stuff that we do like, but the concept of it is, you know, every time you go on Twitter, every Wednesday night, it's oh, this is the greatest wrestling organization of all time. Oh, Vince is uh shivering in his office, like <laughs> Vince should be scared. All this stuff, all this hyperbole and conjecture that you see on social media every Wednesday night. It's just, it's just funny to me. It really is. Um, so, I, I, I was talking to Brother Carl last night after the show's over. And it's just a prevailing thing to me. Every time they have a Dynamite show at Daly's Place, it's just going to be a train wreck. And lo and behold, we have the go-home show for, uh, for Revolution. And, again, like I mentioned last week, where's the priority for Tony Khan? Oh, what's the new thing that I could pop my oh-so-precious IWC with? It's like, we have the pay-per-view. Yeah, the only good thing in build that we get so far of it is CM Punk and NGF. Again, another awesome segment. You can call me biased, of course, but, of course, CM Punk and NGF are doing the best stuff because it's the best two people that they have at this damn thing. So, here's the thing. I'll tell you what. I really enjoyed the Brian Danielson and Christopher Daniels match. You want some positivity? There it is. I thought it was a good match. The subsequent promo after the match with John Moxley that went down. I want to play this for you guys here. And I'll let you know what I thought after. So, here's John Moxley. After Brian Danson beat Christopher Dance after this big special announcement, and let's hear what Moxley has to say. I can see. That the American Dragon Brian Danielson is better than ever. And I can see that Brian Danielson is more violent than ever. But you got it wrong, my friend. There is two paths. I can walk right now. I'm at what they call a crossroads. And which path I take will determine my future. So you think... 
I'm going to end up walking this path. Down this path, I get my head kicked in on Sunday. And I fade into oblivion, never to be heard from again. But that ain't what's going to happen. That ain't what's going to happen by a long shot. I choose to walk another path through sheer force of will. Refusal to die, I will walk this path through fire, through bullets, and through you. Because at the end of this path is something that looked impossible not too long ago. At the end of this path, I beat the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Good stuff, man. I had uh, Chris uh, Goodberg, uh, Chris Letta, XC24X, uh, XC24X on Twitter. Make sure to go follow him, by the way. Uh, he asked me, like, what are matches I'm looking forward to for Revolution? And it's that right there. Uh, John Moxley and uh, Brian Danielson. I'm going to save the rest of my Ring of Honor stuff uh, towards the end of this portion of my part of uh, what the hell's wrong with AW. But let's continue on here. Before I get into and just absolutely obliterate this fucking much show tag team battle royal that I saw. Let's listen to the walls of courtiness brought to you by Christopher Jericho. The entire wrestling world is buzzing over the announcement of Eddie Kingston versus Chris Jericho this Sunday at Revolution after our promo segment. Well, Eddie, you probably don't know what a promo is, right? After our conversation on Dynamite last week, congratulations, kid. You're finally becoming the big star that I always knew you would be. But it's hard for me still to relate to a guy like you because I've been such a big star for so long and you haven't. But this Sunday, you finally get your chance, Eddie, to win the big one. To beat Chris Jericho, and like I said last week in AEW, I am the big one. So, Eddie, I want you to look deep down inside. Do you really think you have what it takes to beat me? To beat the influencer? Do you really think you have the self-confidence to get over your fear of success? I don't think you do. But if you can beat me, if, I will look you in the eye, I will shake your hand, and I will tell you you have my undying respect. But if you don't beat me, and you won't, I'm going to look you in the eye, laugh at your pathetic ass, and tell you to G-F-Y. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, fuck. G-F-Y. Well, since we're using acronyms now, I, I have an acronym for you, Chris Jericho. G-T-F-H. And... S-T-F-H. That will equal to go the fuck home and stay the fuck home! Oh my god, this guy is so corny, man. Get him off my TV for all that's good, please. So... AEW's Infinite Wisdom and their also precious AEW Tag Team Division figured that, oh, we need two much-show battle royals to constitute a three-way tumbling routine at Revolution on Sunday. So, 
And lo and behold, just like Bernard Carr said, it wouldn't be AEW unless you're all elite with the elite. And we have the Hardly Boys doing their Hardly Boy shtick. Baldy Buck uh, acting like he's <laughs> Rey Mysterio and doing the Randy Man, uh, Macho Man Randy Savage twirl with the finger and everything. And then we got um, <laughs> Buck Hogan, uh, Mr. All About Me, Matt Jackson, acting like he's a tough guy. I can't take those guys seriously if my life depended on it. Uh, you, watch this Battle Royal. And again, the stupidest thing in wrestling. You're having a battle royal. You're eliminated. So how are you allowed to eliminate other people when you are eliminated? That makes no sense. So, yeah. Nice little pause to see Darius Martin. Glad to see him back from his injury. Cool, whatever. But I'm watching this. And it's going on. And on. And on. And on. And on. This fucking battle royal went 35 minutes. Yo, in battle royals with AW, you have to have every person eliminated in order for the tag team to be eliminated. So, I had to sit through botches, dumb spots, uh, shitty commentary. By the way, JR, not everything is great. Like, I... I if anybody tells you that only Vincent Man feeds lied into commentators' ears, you're full of shit, and it's full of cap. So does Tony Khan, too. Because, you know, when things are dragging, you have to hear Tony Schiavone and JR pump up how great AEW is. Oh, my God, this is great booking. Oh, man. Tony Khan did, did it just again. Uh, Tony Khan is on the roll, man. Look at this example of how great our tag division is. A great tag division. What? Sloppy, macho, outlaw tag wrestles? Tag wrestling matches? Kind of like the Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter match with Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez? I, I love this. Shout out to my guy, referee Tony S, by the way. Because the dead courts ref was in rare form this week. Um, so, when is it in professional wrestling that your manager can legally punch your uh, the opposing team's uh, performer... On the ring apron, right in front of the fucking referee, with no DQ. He he must be really dead or a freaking robot, cause he's standing right in front of them. Russ is tumbling with Rebel, cause Rebel has to interfere, right? She's a manager for Britt Baker, blah 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 blah, right? They're wrong with each other. No DQ. What? What the hell's going on here? Like Bert Carter said, like I, I, I wasn't like visibly frustrated with last night's show because I was kind of more expecting it. You know, TNA 2.0 rages on. We got a go-home show. Our focus is more on popping internet marks instead of building our pay-per-view. We're in Daly's place so we can do whatever we want. We can have much show matches where the referees are completely useless. We can have a fucking 40-minute battle royal where nobody gets over and, uh, you know, just... It's a big shoulder shrug. Yeah, was the FGF CM, Pro, CM Punk promo good in the segment and all that? Yeah, that's fine. But it's 
it's a problem when you only have one of those programs going into your next pay-per-view. And, you know, I don't take what Twitter says seriously because Twitter is full cap. Engages in hyperbole and conjecture and people, you can't take what anybody says on Twitter seriously. You just can't. So, while some of you may thought, oh, Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor is a bigger deal than uh, Vincent Man buying the uh, WCW. And, oh, we should treat this as a big deal. I'm supposed to take this as a big deal that Tony Khan bought the sixth or seventh most relevant wrestling promotion in the industry today. The 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 product and the in-ring wrestling that's basically the same exact shit that I see every single week from your own product. What difference does it make that AEW own Ring of Honor outside of seeing highlights of the greatest hits of those guys in the indies? Me seeing Ring of Honor on HBO Max does next to nothing for me. That's like me saying, oh, I... <laughs> Here's the thing. That's like saying, um, I'm going to buy Marquee Network. This is for the Cubs fans out there. Shout out to my guy, Second City Sam. You'll, you'll listen to this. That's like me convincing myself to buy Marquee Network so that I could watch a documentary on Milton Bradley's run with the Cubs. That's how I look at this Ring of Honor deal. It's like me watching the Cubs. Like, you know, you had 2016 that was loved and praised and everything. But, oh, we just got new. We got new, uh, a new deal. We bought uh, the tape library of the 2007 and 2008 Chicago Cubs. <laughs> I'm you're not, I see through this shit, guys. I'm sorry. I just see through it. It's not convincing me. Cool, you bought Ring of Honor. What about your product? What about it's elite? What about your wrestling is so elite? Wow, Young Bucks against the Jungle Express and Red Dragon. Wow. Riveting shit. Chris Jericho calling himself the influencer. TNA 2.0. Let's make my predictions for this preview before uh, we wrap up here. Uh, Revolution coming up on Sunday in Orlando, aka Obito, actually, because that's where the preview is actually at. But um, at UCF. Edition Financial Arena, good place. I got to uh, check that out when I was down there last summer. Um, here's the buy-in matches. We got Chris Stander, Chris Statlander against Leo Hirsch. I got Chris Statlander winning that one. And Hook will run through QC Marshall. Let's go backwards to uh, the end here. Uh, I got I got Jay Cargill retaining over Ty Conti. I got John Moxley being Brian Danielson. I have uh, Sammy Guevara, Darby Allen, and Sting defeating the AFHO. And then Matt Hardy turns on that group and is butt buddies again with his brother. Uh, Chris Jericho will lose to Eddie Kingston. I have... 
I do have Wardlow winning the face of the revolution ladder match. I have I have him winning. Um I got I think uh Red Dragon is gonna win the AEW World Tag Team titles. Um Britt Baker retains over Thunder Rosa. CM Punk will beat NGF, and then I got Heyman Page beating Adam Cole to retain for the AEW World title. So Jay Cargill, John Moxley, Sammy Kavar, Darby Allen, and Sting, Eddie Kingston, Wardlow, Red Dragon, Britt Baker, CM Punk, and Hank Man Page. Those are my picks for Revolution. And of course, uh, Hook and Chris Sattler on the Buy It pre show. So that's my picks for Revolution. We'll see how long this pay per view is going to be. I'm, I'm, going, I'm calling for four and a half hours, pal. <laughs> it's going to be a long one. It's going to be a long night in Orlando. But uh, hopefully it's a good one, and um, I'm, I'm sure the, the match quality will be much better than what we've been seeing on Dynamite over the last couple weeks. Hopefully so. So, um, Anyways, that's my predictions for AW Revolution. TNA 2.0 in Orlando. Quite convenient, isn't it? On that note, that is what the hell is wrong with AW. All right, folks. I want to thank you guys so much for hanging out with me this week. A stellar edition of the Who's Podcast. We've reached it, guys. At this time, next week at 7 p.m. Central on YouTube, you will be seeing the live recording of episode 300 of the Who's, Co- Who's Podcast with myself. Brother Carter will be here, and referee Tony S. will be here. So it's going to be a special show. If you want to send us any audio shout-outs <laughs> or congratulations, all you have to do is send us an MP3 file to the Hoots Podcast at gmail.com. Also, make sure to book our ProWrestlingTransitions.com. If you're an Apple Podcast uh, user, please leave us an honest review uh, rating four or five stars. It would help because it helps expand the reach of the show. And also, I uh, just want to know what you guys like or dislike about the podcast. So, we also have a big announcement as far as the future of this show uh, next week. So, be on the lookout for that as well. And, um, yeah, guys, guys, we made it. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be a celebration for you guys. And I can't be more thankful and grateful for you guys being on this ride with us for the last six years. So next week's going to be a lot of fun. So always remember, folks, be the authentic product that is yourself. And remember, nobody dictates the pace of your life but yourself. I love you guys. Have a wonderful weekend. And uh, enjoy Revolution. Or at least try to. There's sacrifice going on. we got the New Japan Cup going on. Wrestling is wrestling. A lot of stuff is going on right now. Life is good. So I'm Joshie. This has been episode 299 of the Hoots Podcast. And here's Brother Carter for this week's edition of the Thoughts of Derrico. We'll talk to you all next week for episode 300. Peace. And now, the Thoughts of Derrico. Listen well, man. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the segment that can't be bought out in any way, shape, or form, unless there's a lot of zeros at the end of that check. It is the thoughts of Derrico, featuring the one, the only, Brother Carter. Well, before, this is going to be a little bit different edition of Thoughts of Derrico this week, so before I get into uh, some WWE stuff, as well as my predictions, no, for the Revolution pay-per-view coming up. I thought I would take a moment to comment on obviously the biggest news story of the week, which is that Tony Khan has purchased Ring of Honor. 
I've read and been doing some reading that they're planning to use ROH as a development territory for AEW. And I actually think that's a good idea. It makes sense because they can get rid of Dark and Elevation and actually put those types of matches on ROH and combine them with some ROH stars and get some of the major ROH players on the main roster of AEW. I actually think that's a good idea. Uh, I also think that this solidifies AEW's position as the number two company in all of professional wrestling. And they can start to get a model like what WWE has. So they're getting all of ROH's tape library, which has got a ton of great matches, I'm sure, over the years. So you can... You can start to get some streaming content, kind of like the WWE Network on, on Peacock, you know, like AEW Plus, and really start to boost up AEW Plus. I don't know if they'll be having enough money to use the business model where they can offer their pay-per-views on that. Well, they probably can't because, it was be, you know, not a lot of people will purchase these pay-per-views except for the AEW faithful. And unfortunately, WWE doesn't market themselves very, or AEW only markets themselves to smart mark wrestling fans. They don't market themselves to a global audience. So I don't know how well that business strategy would work. But I will say this firmly solidifies AEW's place as the number two wrestling company in the world. Really gives WWE more competition. That's just the reality of the situation. This also means that Impact is in a lot of trouble because. I mean, Impact, as I guess, if you want to say it, they're the number three brand, maybe. But, I mean, this this pretty much makes Impact irrelevant, even more irrelevant than it already was. So, Impact should consider selling to AEW. And then, you know, that's just the forbidden door is officially open. And then you've got WWE versus AEW. And then the war is really on. So, I, I, I don't know what's going to be the future of Impact Wrestling but we will see. But this is actually a great move for AEW. Uh, props to Tony Khan for that, even though he should never be allowed on television again, as I stated earlier. Okay, I just want to talk about a couple things about WWE, and then we'll get into my predictions for Revolution uh, coming up this weekend. Not a whole lot happening on SmackDown this week. Uh, just further developing the feuds with Charlotte, uh, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey. Looking forward to seeing Sonya Deville and Ronda Rousey that next week. That should be fun. Um, let's see what else. Zaya uh, Lee finally getting to wrestle, so that's good. Looks like we're going to get Johnny Knoxville against uh, Sami Zayn for the U- uh, Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania, but we knew that was coming. And then just more great stuff between Heyman and Lesnar. So there you go. Uh, switching over to Raw. Obviously, the the two big pieces of news would be uh, Finn Balor winning the United States Championship from Damian Priest. And, uh, well, I hope this means that Priest will eventually get a chance to, post-WrestleMania, get a chance to go after a world championship. But I also wouldn't mind seeing Finn Balor drop it and going after a world championship as well. Because, obviously, the WWE Championship is tied up. Uh, through WrestleMania. I will say, this does mean that Finn Balor holds the top title on Raw right now. So that's that's a good thing for him, and that's perhaps a good thing for WWE putting him in a position putting him in a position to be like, okay, well you're our top guy right now because the WWE championship is currently occupied by Brock Lesnar. And is basically over on SmackDown. So the fact that Finn Balor holds the world the top title on Raw right now is a good a good thing for him. 
and his career going forward. And maybe they'll get a feud with him and Damian Priest continuing into WrestleMania. I would have no problem with that. And then the other big thing from Raw this week was, of course, looks like Edge and AJ Styles finally getting their dream match at WrestleMania. Great. Can't wait for that. Interesting that both Priest and Edge turned heel. I think that the heel turn was kind of out of nowhere for uh, for both superstars. Not really a, a build into it. So I'm kind of questioning what's going to happen with that. I don't know if that was exactly necessary. But we'll probably get an explanation from Edge next week on Raw. And I don't know what's happening with Damian Priest uh, in the heel turn aspect of it. So I thought the heel turn was a bit unnecessary. But, you know, let it build. If they're going to turn him heel... Let it build for a couple weeks, but we'll see. But either way, uh, looking forward to seeing what happens with them going forward uh, as we about a month away from WrestleMania. Pretty darn cool. Okay, let's get into my predictions. No, for the AEW... Rev- Actually, I should be saying my predictions. Yes, for the AEW Revolution card, because as I mentioned earlier... I couldn't give two shits about this pay-per-view. I really couldn't. There's one match on it that I care about. And it's the match I'm going to review last, or talk about last. But I don't care one bit about this pay-per-view. I really don't. Uh, I have no reason to care. AEW has given me no reason to invest in these feuds. But because there is a pay-per-view coming up this weekend, and probably, which means that the next episode of Set will be coming up after that, on the live 300th episode of the Hoots Podcast... Let's get into my predictions for the show this week, and I'm reading these off of Bleacher Report, and this is the latest uh, Bleacher Report card as of Monday morning, uh, sorry, as of this Monday morning. So, we have got the, uh, let's see, let me see, let me see, let me see. I'm going to read this in order here of uh, what I'm seeing on the page. So, the first match they've got is... Hangman Adam Page defending the AEW World Championship against Adam Cole. Uh, Adam Cole has become a shell of himself. And um, I I just don't see any reason for him to drop the title right now. So I'm going to say that uh, Hangman Adam Page retains, and he should retain, uh, because he's been doing great work recently. Thunder Rosa versus Dr. Britt Baker, D-M-D. Britt Baker has been declining ever since Adam Cole arrived in AEW. Thunder Rosa is one of the top stars that the company has, both men and women. I think it's time for a title change here. I've got Thunder Rosa becoming your new AEW Women's Champion and hopefully getting into some feuds with Mercedes Martinez, uh, Jamie Hayter. I all think that would all be terrific. So I've got Thunder Rosa becoming your new AEW Women's Champion. Jurassic Express defending the titles against Reed Dragon and the Young Bucks. Uh, by doing this, this is obviously starting to set up the Undisputed Era versus Elite feud, which has been rumored for a long time. Oh, that's another reason I think Adam Page is, gonna, is going to win, is because in this match, uh, I have Jungle Express retaining the titles after the Young Bucks cost Reed Dragon. So later on in the night, Wait, I'm sorry. Redragon costs the Young Bucks. So later on the night, the Young Bucks will cost Adam Cole uh, in this one. And that's what I think is going to happen with that. But anyways, I have Jurassic Express retaining their tag team titles. Jade Cargill versus Ty Conti for the TBS championship. I I think Jade Cargill is probably the top person in the women's division right now. She's fantastic. Uh, she's going to destroy Ty Conti. Uh, and I've got Jade Cargill retaining 
Not much to say about that one. John Moxley versus Brian Danielson in a really in a match that actually this match is the I don't care about it match. Well, that's not necessarily true. There's another match coming up that I really don't care about. But for this one, this is definitely one of the matches I could care less about. John Moxley and Brian Danielson. I've got John Moxley getting the win. Uh, that way you can open up the door for Moxley giving Danielson respect and them forming a team or whatever. Uh, but yeah, I've got John Moxley winning here. And then, yeah, again, you could also say if Danielson wins, then Moxie can say that, oh, oh, you know, you're great, blah, blah, blah. But I've got Moxley win, and then eventually him and Danielson form a team, because why not? The Andrade Hardly Family, uh, I call it Hardly Family, because it's really what it is. The Andrade Hardy Family Office versus Sting, Darby Allin, and Sammy Guevara. I cannot talk today. Sting, Darby Allin, and Sammy Guevara. Um, This will be a spot fest show. I've got the faces winning here. Sting, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara getting the win because Matt Hardy is completely useless. He's a shell of himself. Andrade El Idolo has done nothing since coming to AEW. And Darby Allen and Sammy Guevara are fantastic. And Sting is really great too, actually, for what he's been able to do at his age the few times he's been in the ring. So I've got the faces winning here uh, because the heels are just completely useless. Chris Jericho versus Eddie Kingston in another match that I couldn't care less about. Not because of Eddie Kingston, but because of Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is a random heel now, and it makes absolutely no sense why he's a heel. So you've got some weird thing now. He's trying to bring the inner circle together, but now he's turning heel. Uh, this this makes absolutely no sense to me. I've got Eddie Kingston winning, uh, getting his victory over Jericho, and then we'll see what happens there. The face of the revolution ladder match. Uh we got Keith Lee, you've got Powerhouse Hobbs, Wardlow, Ricky Starks, and Orange Cassidy. Um, gosh, I my gut tells me to take Wardlow here, but I'm going to take Keith Lee because WWE likes or AEW likes to push its, its ex stars to near the top really fast to get them over. So I'm going to say that Keith Lee gets the win here. Um. But I, part, yeah, because I could say MJF costing Wardlow, but then something else could happen later on in the night because of that. And that leads me to the match that I own, but I'm, yeah, I'm taking Keith Lee to win. And this is the match that I care about the most CM Punk, MJF. The only reason that I would watch this pay per view, although this match will probably not close the show, it should because it's the best feud. Going right now, the second best feud in wrestling behind Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar. This is the best feud in wrestling. And after the incredible stuff we saw this past week on Dynamite, I'm even more excited for this match. I've got CM... uh, I go back and forth on this, but I'm going to take CM Punk to get... Well... uh, So I've got two ways to think about it. Number one, CM Punk gets the win to set up a rubber match down the road. But I also could see MJF getting the win uh, to potentially, you know, say Punk, give Punk one more shot at it, like I'll leave AEW or whatever. Now, I've got I've, I've got to go, because then if CM Punk wins and they do end up doing one more match, then Wardlow ends up costing it, and then that's how Wardlow breaks out on his own. But no, I'm going to go with CM Punk, uh, and then they set up a rubber, with Wardlow costing MJF. I'm going to say CM Punk wins, MJF costs him, and uh, then that sub- sets up the rubber match with them, perhaps at double or nothing. And those are my predictions. 
No, for the Revolution pay-per-view. I'm not going to be trying very hard to watch this show. In fact, if I can find a bootleg stream, then I'll do it. But other than that, I don't care about this show one iota. And those are my predictions for uh, Revolution. And this has been the thoughts of Derek this week. My final thought for the week is please, please, please get your audio shot, shot outs in for episode 300 of the Hoots podcast where your boy will be back. He will be live and in living color for one time only. To be with you for uh, the hundredth, ep- the three hundredth episode of the Hoots Podcast. Can't wait for that. Please get your shout outs in and celebrate with us next week as we are a part of wrestling podcast history. This has been the thoughts of Derrico. You're smarter now, man.